Christ Church West Shore presents Knots Untied with Gene Sherman and Zach Jones. Today's topic, the reopening of Christ Church West Shore. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this, our version two of Knots Untied. We have, we're beginning to use some new equipment and a new recording device. And so this is microphone number one, the black one, which is Zach Jones's uh, microphone. And so you're going to be beginning to see, hopefully, God willing, uh, the pandemic with the help of uh, my son-in-law, George Hampy, and, and my son, Daniel Sherman, we're, we're learning, we rookies in podcasting. And so we're going to give this the old college try and and dive into it with some new equipment. And God willing, you guys will hear us better and we'll be able to articulate yeah. what we're trying to say better. And so I'm Gene Sherman. And I'm Zach Jones. It's cool to be back uh, with a much ten better... Ten weeks, bro. Ten weeks um, with better uh, equipment. Uh, maybe um, getting two minds that actually understand... Uh, the technical aspect of this um, in our corner is super helpful. Because I mean, if you had provided feedback for us for our podcast, your feedback sounded something like the content is great, but the sound is terrible. And so we're happy to have some intro music now. Happy to uh, have much more clarity and better equipment moving forward to make this ministry a little more accessible. So we're glad to to be back in the saddle after 10 weeks of pandemic. We're here in the offices of Christchurch West Shore in the bowels of Bay Presbyterian and uh, just so grateful. But uh, our office is back up and running, ladies and gentlemen. So if you need something, don't hesitate to reach out to us here at the office. But the building's still closed, Um, and so just give us a call before you try to run up here because we're not able to let you in. so, our discussion today is going to center around the reopening of Christchurch, similar to the podcast last week where I gave you guys a, a you know, COVID nineteen update from the bishop, uh, our, our new, our temporary bishop Grant Lamarckand, and just uh, Zach and I are going to just banter back and forth about the reopening of churches and and why we're doing what we're doing here at Christchurch. First of all. Uh, the reason we're doing this is because I'm sure you've heard the update of the Roman Catholic Cleveland Diocese is going to reopen. Mm-hmm. And so I've had several people say to me, well, why aren't we reopening? Yeah. And and why aren't we going to just open at the same mm-hmm. time they are? And my response back to that is, well, there's a reason why they're reopening, and yeah, there's a reason right. why we're not, and and much of it is going right back to the Reformation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, definitely. And why we are who we are. Now, I do want to say to you, I think we're going to open up sooner rather than later. Yeah. Today's date mm-hmm. is the 20th of May, as we're recording this, but at the same time, we're going to we'll get into that in a second. We're going to do what's right for everyone in the community. And so just a thought uh, as we're going forward. The reformation happened for a reason and some of those reasons still exist. You've heard me say that numerous occasions. Uh, there's a theology of the of the Roman Catholic denomination that teaches that salvation is by grace. But mm-hmm. as you place your trust in Christ, you are infused 
with that grace. And therefore, you walk in the works that empowers you to walk in the works you're called to walk in. And therefore, you're yeah. justified. Yes. Yeah. All right? <laughs> now, I know some of you guys are starting to glaze your eyes over right now. But when you understand that, then you understand why uh, the priests are the mediators of that grace to God's people. And so there's pressure from some of the Roman Catholic faithful to get started so they can receive the grace of God because they don't have any right now. And therefore, they're questioning their salvation. They're questioning, they don't know, they're not sure. Now, just a month ago, the Pope said, you're all right, you're okay. And I said, wait, are you a Protestant now? (laughs) But um, anyway, uh, I just think we need to get our theology clear and understand, as our, our Roman Catholic friends are returning back to uh, worshiping, what have you, it's important that we uh, come back when it's safe and we can make sure that everybody feels safe when we come back. Thoughts? Yeah, no, uh, I think that what the coronavirus whole pandemic has given us is an opportunity to maybe be a little more formed, I think, in our theological understanding mm-hmm. of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of us, uh, it's easy to just take for granted that we do things a specific way and not think about the why behind it, that what we do has meaning. And when we open and why we're opening even does have meaning. I, it's important to remember, like you said, that the Reformation happened for a reason. Essentially, the medieval Roman Catholic understanding of grace was that these priests formed kind of were an extension of the Old Testament priesthood, but for the church. And they essentially hold your grace hostage and you show up and you get your uh, confession and your absolution and you get your wafer because you you only receive communion of one kind of the medieval Roman Catholic church. uh, And that is your bestowal of grace. And you need to keep coming back to get your wafer and to get your confession and absolution from the priest, as well as to partake in other sacraments that they have listed. Actually, in um, Article 25, it gives you a list of some things that may be familiar to some of our audience, things like confirmation, penance, holy orders, matrimony, and extreme unction, which are known as the five other sacraments right in the Roman Catholic Church outside of baptism and the Lord's Supper. But we in the Anglican tradition would say, do these things have some value? Of course they do. Marriage has value. You know, serving in the church um, as an ordained minister has value. Uh, being confirmed is a great way to confess your faith in front of the church um, if you've been baptized as an infant. A mature confession, a right? Mature a confession. more mature confession, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, penance is a good way to force sanctification upon yourself. But remember, the Holy Spirit is working the sanctification. It's not your participation. But they're not sacraments. The understanding of those things is sacraments means and requires you to interact with the priest to receive grace. Whereas we understand in Anglicanism, according to our formularies, this isn't something that Gene and I just What do you mean by formulary? Yeah, good. Um, So for the formularies are the specific things that we as Anglicans see as the the distinctives, if you will, of our faith. Now, some people call the fourth the Book of Homilies, which is just a collection of sermons that expound on these things. Mm -hmm. But we have the ordinal, uh, we have the 39 articles, um, and it's the creeds, I think, is the other um, formulary. And we also, have, of course, Holy Scripture above all else. Right, right, as right. The formulary of the formularies, right, right? We right. believe that Scripture alone contains the things that are necessary for salvation. 
and anything that would be our doctrine, if it is true doctrine, comes primarily from Scripture and only from Scripture. If it's contrary or extra from Scripture, then it is not necessary for salvation. Right. And that's where we seek to get our understanding of the sacraments, which comes more deeply, not just from an understanding of what is the Lord's Supper, but to an idea of what is grace, right? And and how does one receive grace from God? Right. Remember that that's why the Roman Catholics, the faithful Roman Catholics are so anxious to open is because they believe that they have an absent from the grace of God right. for a long time. Exactly. Where, and, that's where the Reformation is so necessary because you need to understand that it is by grace you saved through faith, and that faith is from Jesus Christ by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. I can't give you grace. You know, and I can act, practice grace toward you, right. but I can't bestow salvation upon you right. by giving you communion. I hope you heard that class. This is important for us as as Christians first. This is a Christian understanding. It's not necessarily an Anglican understanding that, again, salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And the only two sacraments, a sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. There's your catechism. All right. That's what we believe. Our Baptist brothers call them ordinances. Yeah. All right? The only sacrament or ordinance which Jesus spoke about was baptism and the Lord's Supper. That's right. All yeah. right? Some parts of our denomination call it communion. Some parts of our denomination call it the Eucharist, going back to the ancient church, whatever you call it. But at the Reformation, they called it the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And so that's why you hear me talk about it in that way very often. And therefore, they are means of grace. Yes. All right? Define mean for us, that. Yeah. So a means of grace. This is different um, in some ways even than what it sounds like because um, our Anglo-Catholic brothers and sisters, and I love them just like I love the rest of um, the Anglican tradition and all of our Christian brothers and sisters across the world, but they would see that as this is a bestowal of something new upon you. Um, whereas that's not the case. A means of grace is that when you receive communion or the Lord's Supper, for example, you are receiving the confirmation or affirmation of the faith right. and the grace that was already there. Right, right. Um, in terms of baptism, uh, this is where sometimes the conversation gets interesting. Really what happens is with infant baptism, that child is under the coverage of their parents as they're raised up in the faith. So what is the means of grace that that infant receives? Well, I would argue that the means of grace that that Christian receive that that young um, infant receives is the grace of having Christian parents to raise them up in the faith and receiving a saving faith comes from their own belief, just like everybody else. Right. right? right. So that is how that is the means of grace, a confirmation of something that was already there. What is there for the baby? The grace of the reality that they have Christian parents that are now charged to raise them. What is there for you when you receive the Lord's Supper? Well, if you receive the Lord's Supper worthily, which simply means to be in the faith of Christ, right, to be a baptized believer, then you are just being confirmed in what was already there, which was the grace of God through Jesus Christ, not through anything that we've done for you. Right, right. And so I hope you guys are hearing this, that there's a reason why they're running back. And and we were in a meeting last week with, with Bishop Lamarckand as well as with uh, Archbishop Foley. We don't want to be the first to reopen. We don't want to be the last. And mm-hmm. when we open up, we have to remind ourselves continually that it's not about our rights to worship. 
you're a citizen of the king of kings before you're a citizen of the United States yeah, of America. Right. And therefore, we live under the king. It's my life for yours. And so we want to make sure, and being an intergenerational congregation, and that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's important to the church. It's important to me that I have older saints around me who've walked before me, who can speak into my life and I can garner wisdom from. And it's important that we have people younger than me as a middle-aged man, such as yourself, Zach, and, and our younger families, because it gives hope for the church and they are growing and they're walking in the covenant with us together. And so having said that, we want to make sure it's safe for everybody. Yeah, that's right. So, right now that's why our Roman Catholic brothers and friends are, 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 are gathering. Let's talk about Christ church. Uh, We suspect it'll be sooner rather than later, but a, we, we work this decision is based on the bishop and the vestry working together. Yeah. All right. If the bishop says no, it's not safe for us to gather, we don't gather. And right now, as I said last week, the bishop hasn't given us permission to gather because both, uh, both, uh, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, where our diocese lays, and even Kentucky, um, they're starting to reopen, yes, but very minimally. Yeah. And so in every church, or at least I'm just going to do with Christ Church, we know with our new configuration spacing everybody out at six feet apart uh, in family clumps, obviously families can sit next to each other, but uh, six feet apart, we can only fit 50 people in the space. Because of that, uh, we're waiting to hear from a combination of the Ohio Department of Health, maybe the CDC. We don't know. We're going to consult with the bishop on this as as a vestry. But when there's allowable 50 people gatherings or less, that's when we'll probably begin to meet on Sundays. All right. Uh, And it's going to look different. You know, last week I said no singing. Nah, I've kind of rethought that. If you're wearing a mask, you can sing all you want. It's not easy to sing with a mask on, by the way, folks. I've tried it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're going to make the best of it. But it's yeah, going to be, right. be really different for all of us as we gather together. And, and with that in mind, you know, I want to encourage everyone to recognize, because we're going to offer these five services Wednesday at 1030 Thursday at 7.30 p.m., uh, Sunday mornings, 7.45 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11.15, giving us time to get everybody out yeah. and to get everybody uh, uh, steri- get, get everything sterilized that we need to sterilize. Mm-hmm. And we're going to offer communion. We are going to offer communion at, at all three in a, in a different way that Zach and I have come up with. I think it's going to be edifying yes. and helpful mm-hmm. uh, and safe for everybody yeah. to do that. And so uh, I want us to imagine as we're going forward, I mentioned in the podcast that before the pandemic hit, our attendance was starting to bump back up, that we were 150, 160 going back up, which was very encouraging yeah. to the leadership. 
Imagine if every service had a few more people and you chose, you know, I had several Wednesday folks say, well, we can come to Sunday too, right? Of course you can. It's going to be the same text because <laughs> <laughs> Gene and Zach only have so much we can do uh, in addition to everything else we're doing uh, with our teaching responsibilities and, and trying to shepherd people along the way. Yeah. Um, and this takes a lot of planning. But I want us to imagine that, you know, we have the... Uh, Wednesday service, instead of having our regular 10 that we got, we've got 15 or 20. Thursday night, you know you're going to be away for the weekend. Um, Well, uh, why don't you come on Thursday night? It's going to be communion. It's going to be the same text you're going to have on Sunday. And we got 20, 30 people there. And then on Sunday morning at 745, which was the 8 o'clock service, you got 15 to 20 there. You've got 50 at you know, 9.30 and then another 40.50 at 11.15. Friends, and there's space for the overflow yeah. out in the Northex. Uh, we got an opportunity here to reach out to our friends and our family that, that, quite frankly, we didn't have before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it reminds us that what has the Lord been teaching us mm-hmm. as a people? I know what he's been teaching me. Abide in me. Just going right back to John 15. Yeah. Abide in me. The reality of his grace. Abide does not mean clean my act up and come to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it means, because remember, any, any, if, if the branch is going to abide in the vine, you know, it, it, it gets grafted into it. All right. If the branch doesn't remain to the vine, It's not that it's going to suffer. It's going to die. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Therefore, we need to abide in the vine. That's what the Lord's been teaching Gene Sherman these past 10 weeks. Abide in me. Walk with me. Yeah. Follow me. Love me. Love my people. Uh, Encourage my people. Um, that's, That's important for each and every one of us. Uh, as we're going forward in this this venture together. Yeah. And so uh, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, I've spoken to Bay Presbyterian and their leadership. I've spoken to Anchor Church and their leadership. It seems that the first week of June, we're going to start to open up a little. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're one of our Wednesday people, I think we're going to be able to open up on Wednesday, socially distanced, on the first Wednesday in June. What what day is that? Not sure. Um, uh, Was it the 4th or something? Yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, we'll do that. And then looking forward, uh, we can hopefully the following Sunday. But we're going to... All the greeters are going to be ushers, and everybody's going to wear masks, you know? And and as I'm greeting you, I'll have a mask on. And then as I come forward, Zach and I will be sitting on opposite ends of the stage, and we're the only ones up there. And uh, it's just going to be different. But it'll be edifying, glorifying, and I think uh, people will be pleased just to be back together to say hi to one another. And we'll be fellowshipping outside because the weather's becoming nice Mm -hmm. here in Cleveland. So yeah. I think a couple of things come to mind for me um, moving forward. What are, like, what are things that we can be taught and then opportunities moving forward is just what we already talked about, which is a there's an opportunity to be maybe a little more formed 
um, and a biblical understanding of like what we're doing. And I, so I'm glad that you said that this isn't just like an Anglican understanding of these things. Like the whole even purpose of Anglicanism was supposed to be a reform of the abuses right. and right. errors of Rome in order to have a Christian, a biblical Christian faith that was in line with the faith once delivered, according to Jude. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the Anglican faith. It's the goal is to be like the Christian faith right. and to be united. Right. Um, We're worshiping yeah. in an Anglican way. Yep, that's right. right. And so that's one way uh, thing that I think we can learn. And what does that mean? And what does that mean for the 21st century um, to be an, a faithful Anglican Christian witness in North America? But the other thing also is learning how to worship as a family. You know, really like that has been something that's been lacking in, I think, North American Christianity as a whole, if we're honest with ourselves. Um, Having to be apart from one another, I I hope, has allowed us to see this as kind of like a diaspora a little bit, um, where we're we're just separated um, non-voluntarily in some ways, but because we're trying to do what's best for our neighbor. But that means that we learn to worship at home. And celebrate together, you know, and um, do morning prayer together, read scripture together, you know, sing songs together. And I hope that that's a habit that's been getting developed. I know when we were doing the webinars, that's one that I was trying to encourage uh, in those webinars. And I just hope that that continues uh, as we start to get back together. You know, there's a there's a need for what Richard Baxter called family religion, right? Right. Right. Cultivating a faith that you share together as a family. Right. And that's been one of the wonderful things uh, about this time is uh, I've had my family with me and uh, we've after supper you know gathered around and on Mondays we do the catechism and because everybody's married and I have a a son who's going to be married uh, we've done the meaning of marriage with Tim and Kathy Keller and the conversation's been rich. Yeah. And and that's family worship. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And every Tuesday we've sung with the Gettys. Now we've missed a few here and there. Sure. And last night, this being Wednesday, we missed it. But uh, it's, 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 these are habits, friends, that if you haven't partaken of them, we encourage you to do so. Absolutely. You know, it's not too late. No. It's not too late for you to start dad's. To say, you know what? And this is the whole point about this parenting in the marriage series we're doing in these, we call it the family life series after Easter, yeah. is look your kids in the eyes and say, you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm learning. I'm growing. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it right unto the Lord. And we're a family unto the Lord. We're going we're gonna to do it God's way. We're going to do it. And, and the only reason people refuse to do it is because of your pride. Yeah. The only people, you know, well, I'm not going to do that. You never tell me that, but I know that's what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I want to encourage you, dear brothers out there, uh, it's not too late to start. Yeah. Your wives would love it. You yeah. know, they'll follow your lead. I know the women of, of our community, you know, uh, they would love it just to say, you know what, you don't, and make it shorter rather yeah. than, 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 uh, longer and just start to f- worship as a family and in our prayer book is a brief family worship service where you can insert a devotion of some kind yeah, it's, it's all easy. there yeah if you if this is the first time you've heard of it zach mentioned it in the webinars that he was doing that's okay you yeah. missed one okay that's all right and we're all zoomed out 
Oh, yeah. You know, I, I was invited to a Zoom meeting yesterday, and I said, I can't do one more. No, no. Yeah. And so hang with us, friends. And I want to be uh, sympathetic to the fact that there's some people that are afraid to start. You know, I've had several conversations with families even right, at Christ right, Church where right. there's this concern that, well, I don't know what I'm doing, so what if I mess it up? And really, my big thing about family discipleship, and it's what I told um, this individual parent, was it doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be consistent. All you have to do, just read a little bit of scripture, talk about it, pray about it. Right. And that's family worship. It right. doesn't have to be complicated. Right. You know? And if you don't know where to begin with that, like you said, there's family prayer way over here on the other side of the prayer book. Uh, and I, let, I let the, the kids take turns leading yeah. it. And about page uh, 67 is where it begins in your prayer book. So just it's like two pages long. It'll take you five minutes. Right. Um, if your kids can sit in their bedroom and watch like an hour of YouTube videos, they can do five minutes of family worship. And so it's just a matter of, you know what, it's going to be fumbly at first. It's going to be awkward at first. I remember I wasn't that good at doing this my first like six months of marriage. I remember Bethany actually was on that. My wife, she said, like, you know, I think we need to be doing the family worship thing together. And I was so engulfed in uh, seminary at the time that I was like, you know, spewing out the knowledge and stuff that I thought I was learning, but I wasn't doing real, like just an intimate time of worship together. Yeah, seminary so, can do that. It can, it can. But we started doing just simple things. And we actually started just by going through the New City Catechism uh, together, which is made by, I know Tim Keller was part of it in his the church. The Gospel Coalition. Um, the Gospel Coalition made this catechism. And that's what we went through first, just to kind of get our feet wet. And then we started... Um, going through scripture together. We did the New Testament in a year together in the evening and then talked about it, prayed about it. Then now we're doing um, the Old Testament, talk about it, pray about it. Um, and we do our own private devotions in the morning, you know, so it's not really our family worship time, but we do discuss what we read in right. our morning prayer times. Right. Um, and it's just become, a, it grows and it just grows naturally. So I promise if you get started, it's like when you pick up running, you run a mile or two. And before you know it, you're running five, six, seven miles because it's comfortable. So just grow. Slow, right. steady, simple. And I, I promise you that, um, gentlemen, like your wives will be so appreciative of it. And you know what? Your kids might not be appreciative of it for a while, but you know what? <laughs> They're your kids. Take ownership of it. And they just got to suck it up. And by no looking back that I'm appreciative of my dad leading our family uh, in worship every night. Um, he was about as Anglican as a Baptist can get with that, um, doing <laughs> a very regimented time of scripture reading and prayer together. So it meant a lot to me now looking back. It did it then when I was 15, 16 years old. All I want to do is play video games or go work out. But now, being almost 27, I can look back and say, man, that formed me. Right. It's so right. significant. And I really want to encourage our families to your question, I, I don't think I'll get it right. Or you know, Let me just tell you something. The Sherman family, we didn't get it right yeah. all the time. And, and sometimes it's better than others. Um, but I, I know it's bearing fruit in, in my and Kim's life as well as my grown children at this stage of the game. Just as we, as we sit around after dinner as it was winding down, Dad whips out the Bible, whips out the devotion, and, and it's, it's shorter rather than longer, and let the conversation flow. And there's some nights there's no conversation. Okay, let's pray, you know, <laughs> and, and close it up in prayer. Uh, most of these devotions have a prayer you can pray at the end of them. Um, it, we're, look, yeah. the church is a mess. Oh, yeah. But we're God's mess. That's right. And God can use this mess 
all over Cleveland and in so doing spark revival. I want to encourage us to keep that humble posture and just say, guys, yeah, let, 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 we're going to do this and uh, we're going to honor God and love God together. And so thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, it's been great. It's great to be back in the saddle. It really is. And so next week is the, the Feast of Pentecost. We are going to have communion. So pay attention this Sunday for the announcements because that's what we're going to talk about, how we're going to do this. Yeah. Uh, and you can come pick up your pre-consecrated uh, bread and grape juice. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sorry about that, but get over it. It's still um, the same element. It's still the same element. It's right, exactly. And uh, anyway, we're going to be doing that. And so yeah. next week is podcast. We're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, because Zach's going to be preaching yeah. next week. I would like to just leave. We, we kind of talked a lot about what the Lord's Supper doesn't do, um, but we had talked about how it's a means of grace. Uh, I think it'd be helpful to hear just something that offers a little bit of thought about what does like the Lord's Supper do? Because I know that there are many of us, and I myself included, who are looking forward to taking communion with the body of Christ again. Uh, but why do we take communion? And what will it do? What do you have to look forward to? Um, and what are you actually experiencing? Because we need to make sure we're cautious not to be in the superstitions uh, that are out there, but rather biblically formed. So we close in the words of our founder, yeah, our, our, <laughs> our, our founder and dear friend of the podcast, Bishop J.C. Ryle. Yes. Let us settle it firmly in our minds that the Lord's Supper was not given to be a means of either justification or of conversion. It was never meant to give grace where there is no grace already or to provide pardon when pardon is not already enjoyed. It cannot possibly provide what is lacking with the absence of repentance to God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an ordinance for the penitent, not for the impenitent, for the believing, not for the unbelieving, for the converted, not for the unconverted. This is from J.C. Rowell's book, Practical Religion, and he states four things that he was called the means of grace of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper humbles. Never should we be so clothed with humility as when we receive the Lord's Supper. That's from J.C. Ryle. The Lord's Supper cheers. They press on us the mighty truth that believing on Christ, we have nothing to fear because a sufficient payment has been made for our debt. With or without the Lord's Supper, you can be reminded that Christ died for you. He died once for all for the forgiveness of sins. We read this in scripture. And when we take the Lord's Supper, we eat and drink in remembrance of that and partake in faith and celebration for that. The Lord's Supper sanctifies. Christ died for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for his good works, which is Titus 2.14. So when we take uh, in faith, we also are growing in faith. The Lord's Supper restrains. The man that goes regularly and intently to the Lord's table finds it increasingly hard to yield to sin and conform to the world. And those are all J.C. Ryle words. Gotta love it. So great to see you once again, my friends, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, God bless, guys. We'll talk to you again. Thank you so much for listening to Knots Untied. If anything you've heard today sparks a thought or question, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to me, Gene Sherman, at gsherman at ChristChurchWestShore.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for community updates on Christchurch West Shore. God bless.